authenticity and honesty, like the truest form of expression is, is when your authentic self lines up with who your audience thinks you are, because that, that, that is when you've won. And, but that yeah. is the hardest thing to sometimes do. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. My name is Matt Landry. And in this 53rd episode, I'm here with Rob Laska. Throughout the podcast, we discuss his band, Valley, influences and in writing, storytelling, his origin story, the music business, and being in a band. We also play the producer's game. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Cloud Machine Podcast, a platform that allows us to learn more about the music industry through conversations with artists, people in the behind the scenes, music business individuals, creatives, and much more. Our goal is to shine a light on all the stuff that is happening in the music world, uh, topics and realities that are gape kept, and the people and roles that are that may often be overlooked. Um, this week, I have the immense pleasure of welcoming Rob Laska to the podcast. He is a musician, writer, uh, lead singer, multi-instrumentalist writer uh dog owner oh and okay. uh, i'm <laughs> i'm grateful to be uh, able to call him a friend last week we had uh, his bandmate care james on the podcast for a great chat and i'm stoked to have rob on uh yes to, to you know to compare answers but also to get his perspective on some of the same questions um so very excited uh to be able to chat with him today so without further ado please welcome rob laska to the podcast hi rob how are you Hello, good. How are you? Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for the great intro. I love that you threw Cooper in there. Yeah, have very similar looking dogs. I feel like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Toothy and Cooper are pretty. Yeah. yeah What's the breed? Alike. It's like because Cooper's like a Labrador Border Collie kind of mix, but it's very yeah. It's very similar. Um, I mean, for Toothy, so Marina found her in Cuba, so we don't know. Right. It's like, yeah, it's like the, Cooper. He's like somewhere off Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, honestly, cool. but they look so like people that they uh, do. People, yeah, yeah. People that know know both dogs, and uh, yeah, it's they're they're so similar. Yeah, uh, honestly, whenever same. I'm near your place, it's like oh my I gosh, two T's here. Yeah, they're definitely um, from like the same dog universe. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> in the ether. Exactly. Um, let's start the pod. How we always start the pod. Your favorite live experience as a fan. Um, yeah, let's just start there. Any, anything that comes to mind there? Yeah. As a, as a uh, fan. As a fan first. Yeah. Which is also such a weird thing doing what we do now. I, I often yeah. think about that, like how just the perception and like how we perceive music now is forever changed. And I feel like that's something mm. you, you don't realize when you start out that you give up. Um, yes. And yeah. there's those like few sweet years of coming up as a musician where like, I don't know, when you started to play drums, it's like, there's that sweet spot of years of like, from discovery to tactile to, to freedom. There's that like sweet spot of two, three years where like, you still don't perceive music the same way because you're, you're, you're still learning it. And then, and then there's that first year where like, it starts to come together in your life. And, and yeah. then, and then you cannot not listen to a record and focus on the snare drum or focus on the pocket or <laughs> yeah, focus. Like, you know what I mean? Sure, and that's, yeah. that's a weird thing that you're not told that you're going to kind of have to trade and give up. Totally. And there's parts of it that come back and shows are one of them. And sometimes mm -hmm. like a song or the right, if you're in the right mood and the right state and the right everything, if you're wearing the right clothing, some days it will hit you and you'll, and you'll forget. And those, and those are just called great songs. 
um, <laughs> where nothing matters. You're, you're actually experiencing it for what it is. But live is where I, I often forget. And I, I, I like talking about this because mm. I think that's the reason why live shows are just forever going to be uh, a, a ticket into escapism. And yeah. I think we'll talk about this probably later on the pod. I think there's a lot of going on in the live environment that's going to change. But I think the escapism is never going to be an issue, at least while we're on this floating rock. Mm. So I think things that kind of changed me growing up, um, there's two. I think the first concert that I attended as like a human being would be tough to remember. But the first one that I like vividly remember is going to see out of all bands, a band called Duran Duran with, yeah. um, with my dad. <laughs> yeah. Um. And they were at the time, I wasn't so aware of them. They were in a lot of like movies and doing a lot of sync stuff at the time. So I knew like Hungry, like a wolf and all that stuff. Like there were some bangers, but um, it was just the first time where I, I freely saw a show, just me and my dad. And I took the train to Toronto and did the whole thing. And yeah, um, and I just, I don't know, it was the first time I, I experienced like a crowd. I was old enough to experience like a crowd experience what it means to be uh uh kind of uh overtaken by like a live sound environment it was like i started to understand like a band on stage and there's a pa blaring and yeah, we're all yeah. singing we're all singing together in this arena and uh, nothing matters in this an hour and a half that we're in here there's no politics there's no difference of opinion it's like people of all walks of life in one room and like i think i started to grasp on this was maybe grade seven or something so i was starting to beginning to understand a bit more of the social socialization of live music but um but yeah, i remember that was just like a big time for me i remember going home on the train and asking my dad so many questions of like um you know how what does everyone in the band do why does this happen and right yeah just a bunch of random questions my dad probably didn't know answers to but just kind of like <laughs> went along with it but yeah. I remember that being a big moment for me where I was like, man, live music is really special. And then as I, you know, entered, you know, yeah, out of grade school into high school, I started going to shows alone. So I would just buy tickets and, and take the train down with friends. But I feel like one of the my favorite like fan experiences was um, I got to see the 975 like very early on. Me and all my friends like bought tickets. This was first year of college. Yeah. Um, and at I the saw cool them house? A, at the cool house. I saw them at yeah. a decently small venue it doesn't even exist anymore it used to be called yeah the cool house on queensway or whatever queens key um by the loblaws and i remember us lining up like this was at the time this they had their maybe their first album out so this was like new 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 territory they were making a wave in the scene and mm. um i remember just being that was the first time where i was like we were already kind of starting in college and starting to the band and doing stuff and um, I remember just like excitement of this like new band that's arrived to our music world that like everyone couldn't stop but pay attention to. Yeah. Um, and and I remember feeling like I was at, at the beginning of something much bigger. I remember even being in line, it was freezing and all of us just standing there and being like, we're going to remember this show for the rest of our lives because this is a band that's going to change a lot about music. Like we knew right away. Um since those EPs and that album, we were like, something's, something's brewing here. And I just felt, yeah. I remember at the time thinking, we, I feel so fortunate that we get to see this band right now because this is the last time we'll see them in a venue like this. And mm. that show really changed the band's life because it was all of us in the crowd. We just kind of started Valley in college and us just going crazy. And like all, all our friends were there that we're still really close with. And I just remember being in that crowd together, screaming those songs, being like, 
this is going to be a, a fundamental band in the mm. next 10 years of music. Um, so that's probably my favorite like fan experience aside of nostalgia with my parents and stuff. Um, yeah. Seeing them, I think was really special and just seeing what they've done now and, and growing with that band, you know, mm. it's cool to see, um, to look back, I guess. I love it because Kara had the same answer. <laughs> uh, no, it's, 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 it's a fundamental night. Like, just yeah, to, yeah. I, I wish I could go back. It's just it's, a different era. This was before like a lot of things. Yeah. Know? For do you remember like a couple moments from that show at the Cool House um, that that's still that you think about? Yeah, that, that stood out. Yeah, I remember less phones. Which was crazy. Sure. I yeah, remember yeah, yeah. I when I go on YouTube and look up show, uh, you know, uh, videos from that show. It's hard mm. to find because just a lot less phones. There's a lot less like documentation in the moment. Uh, I remember it was like a like a lot more just like people in tune to the experience. Their yeah. their live show has always been really interesting and visually it was really compelling. I think Maddie had this beautiful. Uh, uh characterization of himself at during that time at the beginning he would be very like like he would just come on stage with like a bottle of wine i just felt like he was yeah. like presenting yeah. himself larger than he even was at the time and that's always been a thing with them and i don't know i just felt very compelled that like um that the confidence that they had from the very beginning that mm. like like even though we saw them at a at a you know maybe 1500 1800 cap venue they had the confidence and the the obvious trajectory of being an arena act already. You just sensed it. Right. And you can smell it and the crowd felt it. And I don't know. I just, I, I remember that night just being very fundamental and me realizing with the band too, of all of us just being in the crowd being like, this is so possible. Um, and the right. only difference, the only difference between us being on this side of the stage and then being on that side of the stage is, is, uh, is belief and confidence and, and, and knowing that, that we have something special, the four of us, and, and we just have to nurture that. So um yeah it was just but yeah i remember just less phones i remember not mm. documenting that at all I, I go back on my iCloud i find nothing from that show like i remember us just like like what a weird time to just go to a show and like we were we just weren't on our phones that whole night i remember like we were just in it and that yeah. was really special um it's great yeah is there a project uh campaign era that would best represent your work um as as of Ooh. as of now, um, you know, I, I love this question because for those listening that yeah. don't know Valley, that don't know Rob Laska, you know, um, uh -huh. it, you know, maybe it's maybe it's a project, maybe it's you know a moment in time um, mm. that would best represent your work for the people to check out as well. Yeah, I, I this is so tough. I was just listening to a podcast about a similar question or yeah. that was asked and um putting out records and like campaigns and eras now is so different but at least the way we've tried to do it as a band it's very era based yeah. um and yeah and that's a weird relationship you have with work your 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 perception and feelings with a body of work changes um with time and that's obvious but yeah um, i often hear it referred to as like a penalty box so you know right now lost in translation is kind of in a penalty box and i'm and i don't really have a good relationship with that record i'm just like because because i'm not in it anymore it's like I, it's like something has been said and then put away and, and i find it hard to hang out with that friend right now yeah i just right. I, it's it's a hard body of work for me to relate to personally right now but that's because it's it's been it's been done and it feels like it just needs its time in the penalty box 
Right. Um, but there was a time when maybe felt like that, our first record, but now maybe feels like the most honest representation of our band. Um, but it's come out of the penalty box a little bit and I've learned to get along with it a little bit more. And, right. and uh, I think I heard John Mayer say this once, but it's like, it's when your relationship with the song changes when you no longer need that song, when you no longer, yes. feel, like when you no longer feel like you need to, um, hold its hand. I don't know. And, and yeah, that's, yeah. that's a big thing. I, I remember maybe came out and I was like, Oh, this isn't us anymore. I'm ashamed of this. And now I'm like, Oh, I want to hold the hand of every one of those songs and spend time with them again. And, and yeah, that's just going to always, I think be a thing, but I think maybe has always been the one I go back to. I think that was our most like pure, not thinking. We just created this movie soundtrack type record from top to bottom in in Mike's basement, and it just happened. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I fall back on that record a lot. And going into a new album, uh, there's a lot of things that I was subconsciously doing while making that album that I forgot about that I'm like relearning um, again. Yes, so I would say yeah. I would say maybe is 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 it? I'm proud of honestly every era. But again, it's just like right now, there's a lot of errors that are kind of sitting in the penalty box for me. And I think I need to get over some life things and changes. And and then I think they'll come back out and we'll be able to hang out and like grab a drink together. You know, like those those albums will like feel new again. But yeah. right now, right now, they kind of sometimes your work can feel like a, a bit of strangers. Hmm. But it, it... It almost feels too fresh, you know, in a way there's, there's not, there's yeah. not as much separation. So yeah, you can, you can sort of look back on the entirety of the work, you know? Yeah. And that um, maybe that never happens or maybe that happens when I'm 90, you know, if I get yeah. there and that's yeah. when I'll have full clarity. I think, I think I never want the full clarity, but I think at one point, maybe when I put the paintbrush down, which I probably never will, that there's some form of clarity, but yeah. um, I don't know. There's a lot of correlation with that. I mean, it's, it's the same reason why I think a lot. And that's with a lot of music too, just in general, in terms of timeline. Like, um, I, I think I think there's a reason why, like, some of the most famous artists, painters, creators in the world, like, a lot of their work didn't, you know, become known globally until they passed. Like, there's a lot of yeah. that lineage that goes into the, your relationship with your work too. I, I just don't know. Uh, there's a lot of stuff off maybe that's grown and changed and become, you know really uh like sacred in our fan base that we didn't know at the time um, yeah yeah yeah. it's yeah. just i think about all that stuff a lot but at the end of the day i think yeah maybe is the is the one and we're trying to get back to that kind of um childlike wonder i think of yes. making that out because that's that's all it is i think just like really being honest with yourself and authentic and not that anything we've done past isn't it's just us uh, it's us just um, it's us just trying to, to figure out different rooms in the house. I always, <laughs> we're, we're working with a producer yeah. right now and he's really had a big impact on my brain on how I think, think, I uh, think about things because, um, I think for a long time, a lot of artists focus so, 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 so much on the entire house. Um, mm. your, your artistry is this massive house and, and it has, um, there's so much going on in it. There's so many rooms. There's so many things you can do with it. But, uh, and every era is like a room, you know? Yeah. And I think for a lo long time, I was, we were focused on how does the whole house feel? How does the whole house look? It has to be completely put together. 
but um, I think it's important for us in talking about past eras. It's just we've tried to focus on just one room at a time and and really um, build out the house slowly. And sometimes you can you know get sucked into the idea of like no, you have to work on the whole house or else nothing means anything. You're not just going to spend time in one room. But I think we're just more so now focusing on how do we make one room the most comfortable and most amazing room it could be and and that will inspire us to do the next room um so yeah i don't know i i'm still in thought process of of all that but yeah that's great i i think (laughs) i'm I'm glad to to hear that kara is also sharing the same sentiments in regards to sort of having that more childlike approach to just creativity and just the process um you know after that's how we got here it's like it's so funny the thing that gets you here the reason why people take a chance on you and that's that's if you have success yes. which success yeah. is so success is such a what is success success is all this right here in my hands i don't know what the <laughs> hell success is like success is such fluff i because people define it by different things but to me i i'll never be able to define it because i don't know what it is but what i do know is is success is defined by by what, why people took a chance on you in the first place and nine times out of ten mm. every artist is going to go through this but you're going to run away from the very thing that made people turn to you in the first place. And, right. and that's a scary thought to have halfway through your career or whatever. And I think that was what we have felt during Lost in Translation. We mm-hmm. felt a moment of like, wait a second, things are really working in one department in terms of like checking off some goals we've always had. But but on the other chance, it feels like we're walking away from like the kid that that everyone took a chance on in the first place. Like, like who's gonna make sure he's okay? Like there's, there's right. a kid there that's just like kind of stranded being like, what about me? Like, what about yeah. the way I think about this? And um, that's a tough thing to, to, to process. So yeah, I, I've, yeah. we, we all kind of resonate with that very heavily. It's, it's getting back to, to practicality and like primary thinking, honestly, yeah. simplifying. And you may not have the answer to this question, but um, I, I think about, how one sort of makes sure that 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 kid is 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 cared for and nourished and stuff and 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 yeah it's not necessarily while making songs like maybe you know it's it's not going no. to recopy those songs but it's sort of yeah. like catering to the the you know the process the energy it's the inception. How, are you, how are you seeing it it's it's the inception it's like a big mm. thing we're talking about right now making a record is is being so careful with the first stages of what of what the record is which is in the inception part of of how Mm. how you approach ideas how you think about um what you want to write about how you think about what what you're going through how do you how do you uh theme themizing things a little bit and 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 putting emphasis on like what you actually want to say and 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 how can you get to like a so-called flow state or, or a version of yourself where that feels um truthful and and anything everything feels honest and mm. uh, i think a lot of it comes to how how you know environment too and and just how you incept things and how you think about the initial inception i don't really know what the answer is either no one, yeah. quote, one quote that our producer told us recently that has really i've been literally up sometimes during the night thinking about it is he said he was working with a producer on their record and he he said the the true like most honest expression in a creative world or in a marketplace is when who you actually are meets with who your audience thinks you are and those two ideas i've been thinking about a lot of like 
authenticity and honesty, like the truest form of expression is, is when your authentic self lines up with who your audience thinks you are, because that, that, that is when you've won. And, but that yeah. is the hardest thing to sometimes do because at the end of the day, like true art to me and like what we're all trying to do is I just want, I just want acceptance from myself for who I truly am. And hopefully that, that, that works on a level where people can relate to that too. And yeah. I don't know, I think, I think about that a lot and that that's, that's a scary rabbit hole. Cause a lot comes with thinking about that, but um, mm. I really resonate with that quote. Cause it's, it's, it, that's really what we're all chasing. I just want people to accept me for my authentic way of thinking and, and, and when, what I truly want to do and say, and um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a whole rabbit hole starter. But mm-hmm. have you checked? This is a this might be a this might be a you know a wreck for the people listening as well. But um, have you mm-hmm. checked the uh, Andrew Huberman and Rick Rubin interviews? Yes, great. I watched that. Well, listened to that on a plane recently somewhere. But um, yeah, I did fall asleep like halfway through, so I have to go back. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I did. I did enjoy. Um, I mean, I, I've listened to a lot of the Rick Rubin stuff. He's obviously amazing. And I feel like this is the year where everyone bought the creative act. It's just like, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It almost feels like the, the Bible of, of, of the modern music yeah. maker. I see it um, so many times on the stories and stuff and just yeah, laugh, laugh, laughing a little bit, but, but it makes sense. Cause it is a great, yeah. um, no, for sure. He has a lot of amazing, um, things to say. And I think, I think it's just the filter that you present it through to yourself mm-hmm. and, and the honest, approach is just um listen to everything and take take what you like you know and don't don't take what you don't like that's the way i i perceive a lot of books and podcasts and everything on creativity is if i'm really looking to learn i i listen intently and and honestly and no bias and then i'll just write down like what i think was great from that conversation and some things where i'm like i don't know if i agree with that but i'm going to take these things that i think are really resonating with me Mm. and then move forward (laughs) I wanted to move on to the second part and, and talking about quotes is, is the quote part, um, mm-hmm. you know, of the, of the pod. So last year, the first, I guess, maybe season first year of the podcast, it was the Erica Badu quote. Um, mm-hmm. this year it's a Joni Mitchell quote. Um, yeah, I know this quote. Well, <laughs> yeah, the quote is, I heard someone from the music business saying they're no longer looking for talent. They want people with a certain look and a willingness to cooperate comes from an interview in the LA Times with the uh, author Robert Hilburn. Um, and this quote was in 2004, so it's a little dated, 20 years. Yeah. Um, and that's why it was sort of interesting to me um, because Joni Mitchell was saying this 20 years ago. Uh, and by the way, I just saw, I know th- this is coming, I, I don't know if, I, I think just closer to the Grammys, this episode's, episode's coming out. But I saw yesterday that Joni Mitchell is performing at the Grammys for the first time ever. Um, Wild. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of wild. Anyway, so overdue, again, honestly. Yeah, the quote <laughs> is again. I heard someone from the music business saying they are no longer looking for talent. They want people mm. with a certain look and a willingness to cooperate. Um, what are your first instincts when you hear this, uh, Rob? And you say you say that you're also yeah. very uh, familiar with this quote. Yeah, I think so. Um, I remember hearing this quote. Yeah, maybe during the pandemic, I found it um, mm. somewhere, and then yeah, it's a longer article that I read at some point. But again, I probably don't remember or retained everything but that quote's mm. been been circulated quite a bunch yeah more relevantly the last few years and and to be honest i think it aged really well i think it aged like fine wine because yeah i feel like we are in a in a in a interesting 
place right now. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, she goes on to say in that quote, um, in her, in her belief, you know, the, the, the sure fact of the un unwillingness to cooperate is what makes a true artist is, is going against yes, exactly um, the current a little bit. And then she goes, that's why I still, that's why I just paint, <laughs> which is so funny, <laughs> such a way of such a Joni thing to close. Just be like, yeah, that's why I just paint now. Um, <laughs> obviously it can come off a bit jaded. But I think she's earned her stripes and she's, you know, a oh, my gosh, she's yes, a, she's one of the best songwriters alive. And um, but I think I don't know, this is a can of worms. And I, and I, I still don't know where I fall in climate of, of being an artist and also being a part of a business that's very difficult, confusing, but also very rewarding if you if you yeah. if you give it the amount of you that it needs. But um like I said earlier, I think authenticity, I think um I think truth and honesty is is winning right now. It's 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 mm. it's the it's, it's a superpower. Um our producer said this a few times while starting to make this new record. He's like, oftentimes your most cringe attribute about you is your biggest superpower. Yeah. But often but often what makes you cringe is also your truth and also yourself. So it's that whole idea again of like, if you can get people to love you for who you truly fucking are, like aside from um, what your online presence is or what your persona is, because we all know, we all know people that are, you know, everyone's going to have an online persona. Everyone's going to talk, look a certain way on sure, yeah. the internet, even if they're trying not to. But if you can truly make people love you for who you truly are then mm -hmm. you're also you're already 50% there and then the yeah. other 50% i think is is uh having a knowledge of the music business side of things to navigate uh current properly and navigate those little waves that are going to come um but you'll eventually still end up on the shore and you'll be fine but it's just having those navigation tips but i i i think yeah right now we're in an interesting time where you can you can be on like both sides of the coin in a weird way. And, and, and that's, it's really difficult for someone like us that came up before a lot of TikTok and all this stuff that's just taken over our life and mm -hmm. all these different faucets that we have to deal with right now. Um, it is a little difficult to understand and navigate and everyone kind of has their own uh, play playbook of how to deal with it. But to be honest, I think speaking to what she's saying, I think there's some truth to it. I think, I think, you know, it became very apparent, especially post pandemic of, of, of a little bit of a formula that I think a lot of, um, I think a lot of the industry can give into and, and show light to. And, mm. um, you know, there's so much beauty that comes with anyone can, can have a moment. Anyone can like, you, you can join the music lottery too. Like it feels like lottery. Yeah. yeah. You, can, you can have a moment and we're now dealing with, thousands like hundreds of thousands of kids on a singular app that just play this like slot machine game where it's just yeah, like yeah. maybe this one maybe this one oh maybe yeah. this one i'm gonna try again i'm gonna try again and i'm gonna try until something happens and a lot of the time something does but where the disconnect for me is is it happens in that space and then how do you build the rest of the space around that mm. so i think she's right in the sense of like it's become a lot easier if I think a, a label or, or anyone to really um, take note of a moment happening and, and, and thinking they know what to do with it. And I think if the moment is authentic and truthful and there's actually genuine uh, truth behind it, then 
there's a lot of beauty in that. And that's why you have amazing artists still coming off of TikTok and amazing artists coming off of these new wave of moments yeah. um, where the industry is a little bit fighting against it of like, well, this is not how things were. And, and now they have to kind of declimatize to it. But um, but in terms of has the, the business side changed that much? I don't know. I, in my opinion, it's changing on the on the daily. And yeah. we're also I'm coming from a perspective of being signed to a major label when a lot of these new rules and faucets didn't exist of of, of how people are building a career. So mm-hmm. we're kind of on the outside looking in a little bit right now on on what it means to be an independent artist and and, and how how is career building different there. And there's yep. so many pros and cons to both. But mm-hmm. ultimately, I think we're in a to answer the full question. I think she she's right in the sense of of I think there's still a, a certain type of checklist and quota that a lot of people look for. Yeah. But I think it just doesn't matter as much anymore because all the power is in your own hands now. I think yes, that's the beauty of what has actually happened right now is is you can start a podcast with zero funding, zero backing nothing and you can you can make that your thing and you can build that ground up like you are right now and it's Mm. yours and you control it and you can make that as big or as grand or as beautiful as you want and that that has really bled in over into everything yeah Um, i have so many friends that just started a music career a year ago and and because of tiktok and because the internet and because of how they can build like by built brick by brick build their career on the internet like there's a lot of beauty that came from that um yeah. on the other on the other side there's a lot more work and there's a lot more navigation on the business side that's that's trickier and you have to now build a fan base and you you might not have the resources of a major label to 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 speed up that process but maybe you don't want it and yeah yeah, yeah i'm still like relearning um and resetting my navigation of, of how i feel about all this stuff but hmm. um but yeah i think i think less and less um people are falling into like the structure of what it takes to to break through and and what mm-hmm. it takes to to have the look or the certain type of feel of of what worked in the past i think the one thing that the music business is starting to wake up to and, and has for a while is like no one has the answer there's yeah. zero there's zero uh analytic to, to proving why something will work or not there's good guesses and there's good strategy that you can learn about the past um mm-hmm. but oftentimes that's not even going to translate because every career every artist is so different and um i think the business is this side is definitely giving up on the idea of like well we know i think there's yeah, yeah. there's an era 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 of even when we were coming up as a band before a lot of our virality and tiktok before all that happened it's like Labels just kind of had this, like, there's this unsaid rule of like, well, we just kind of know because it's worked right, and yeah, this yeah, is yeah. why it's worked. X, Y, and yes. Z artists. Yeah. It's like now it's just not, there's no proof for anything. Um, mm. And honestly, the people that float to the top are just, again, it's just authentic. It's truthful and it, and it resonates um, on all levels. And that's why I love, you know, like for instance, like Noah Khan having a moment and it's not yeah. even a moment because I get I get how saying an artist is having a moment is like it's kind of rude where it's like oh you're having your moment now and then yeah 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 yeah, yeah later yeah. in a year mm-hmm. it's like he's transcended a moment he's transcended into oh this is exactly who he is 
yeah. inside and out and it, and it's finally connected it's like it's who nuts. we actually yeah. who we <laughs> actually is as connected with who this audience thinks he is and who yeah. his audience thinks he is is a normal fucking guy that yeah. has a gift of just putting lyrics and, and 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 chords together and and the truth together and it's and it's simple and it's real and it's honest and it's and it's a diary into his life and mm. and it works and he's not he's not doing anything that no one has not tried before it's just done in a way that like people resonate with it a hundred percent of the way um and wow. i don't know i think there's a lot of excitement going on like that where i'm like this feels genuine and real and heartfelt and um and the and the music business can't fight against that that's the yeah. beauty of the power being in control of independent artists and being in control of of your own destiny is like the business has very little fight if it works and if it works um that's a beautiful place to be um mm. because because authenticity is going to win win over everything it's not a competition but it's just it's just going to always um crash you know over 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 everything um over their 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 idea of uh of you know how to project an artist into the universe like it's it's uh it's the it's the winner so mm. i think we're all just trying to get back to that so i don't yeah. know <laughs> no, it's great. I, I think the and to come back to what you're saying about not necessarily knowing. I think the goal of this podcast is just to share perspectives on on what people what people in the industry think about and what their process is, so people can take that information and sort of just put it into their you know yeah. influenced by that. So, um, sure. I wanted to touch on something that Kara had mentioned um, yeah. before going into the origin story very quickly. Um, mm -hmm. we, she wanted specifically to talk about how artists have become uh, so self-promotional and you do you, you yeah. touched on it a little bit yeah. um, in regards to labels don't necessarily have that power anymore it's really in the artist's hands and, and more specifically yeah. to be honest in the audience's hands because it is so based on uh, a platform now that is discovery based it's not yeah. uh, you know it's not like oh we're going to push it to market it's discovery first community later it's like exactly little, yeah it's, yeah it's and with Instagram, let's say, uh, it was definitely more of a community build vibe because yeah, know, the people who you follow show up in your feed. While in TikTok, it's actually yeah. people that you don't follow show up in your feed first. Yeah. Um, I, I, which is why I think they still work really well together. They coexist. Yes, I'm, I'm like, totally. I'm so blown away that Instagram is still as prominent as it could be. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, Instagram's like dying. It's becoming the Facebook for." for millennials or whatever but i honestly think the opposite i think that the power of a photo share app is still really strong and yeah I, they're oddly coexisting well together still mm -hmm. i don't know how it's gonna go but they there's there's such opposites that they kind of attract i don't know yeah yeah Just how have add. you been feeling about the, the need for artists to become so self-promotional and almost independent from big marketing sort of teams now. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and share, uh, sorry, Kara shared a little bit of about her thoughts. I just want to compare sort of yeah. where you're at with the artists becoming so self-promotional in these days. Yeah. The need uh, for rather. We, you know? I think we definitely f share similar opinions in the sense of like, yeah. I mean, there was that one viral TikTok that was ironically that was going around a few weeks ago. It's like, um, you know, the, the girl is just like making fun of, you know, self-promotion. I'm just like, no one wants to do this. This is so yeah, embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this isn't me. I feel like an imposter. Yes. Um, like, it just feels funny. You feel, you feel like a, a fraud a little bit sometimes. And mm -hmm. I think my opinion on it is, um, 
I used to be very like, if you can't beat them, join them. And I think there's, and it's not, and I stopped looking at it that way because it's, it's not that it's like either you change or adapt or you don't. I think adapting to it is integral. I think if you sit there and go, I'm just not going to fall into that. I want to do things the way they, like they were when I started. It's like, no, you have to think about the biggest companies in the world that you respect that you know, but I always think about Apple or some or a company that has consistently adapted to the market, to what people want, to what people need, yeah. to what serves them without changing their brand values. And that's that's what it that's what we're chasing right now as a band. And I, I encourage every artist to check in every year and 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 write down what they want to change, what they want to build on, that what worked, what didn't. Because there's a lot of stuff that we've tried that didn't work. At the beginning of our like last birthday era when 1999 blew up on TikTok. Yes, yeah. That was our first taste of like, oh, this is what it means to go semi-viral. Yeah. And what comes with that? And a lot of that was experimentation in the moment because it's happening and you have to post about it because it's, it's oh, it's about to hit a million. Let's keep it going. Let's keep every let's keep everyone engaged. And it just creates this like tyrant where you're not actually intentionally environment building and still doing it the way that feels honest to you, you're just like kind of doing what everyone else is doing. And then it mm-hmm. just becomes this massive cycle of like, everyone's just doing the same thing and trying and climbing the same jungle gym. Yeah. Um, and there's only so much room. And do you, do you believe that that affects the music as well? hundred percent. That yeah. was a, not a fun time for us as much as that song did a lot for us. Um, it felt very sometimes inauthentic. It felt very like, oh, this is who I think we need to be for people to to accept the band on the next level of our trajectory. Right. When really 1999 probably could have happened in, in a different way and it would still get there with maybe a different song or a different presentation or a different way of um, expression. Because that, that song, we didn't try it to make that song go viral it just happened we put it up as a joke like truthfully like yeah, there's yeah, yeah. no intention it's just people were like oh you should like start posting to tiktok it's becoming a thing because yeah, this yeah. is at the begin this is at the beginning of music sharing on tiktok we were like part of that first train mm-hmm. of like you can promote songs on here and it does things so yeah, um, I, I remember y'all being at the studio, posting it at the studio, and then having yeah. like a ridiculous turnaround time because it was blowing up. Correct? It was wild. Yeah, it was. Yeah, literally. So yeah, I yeah. think, um, in terms of yeah, no one's. I agree. People of our artistic generation, like who came up the years we did both, because we're similar age. Like, yeah, didn't have to deal with all the extra promo and marketing. Like that was all um, integrated in your career in a very different way. Um, is it weird that, is it bad that it's different? No, I love the era of music and we're in genuinely, I think, Mm -hmm. I think we're in a really beautiful time. If you can look at the positives of what's happening, um, artists are a lot more exhausted and there's a lot more to rely on each other for. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. that's just gonna happen. Like I'm in, in, in different ways. Like I'm sure, um, in the nineties when like, like, like every decade has had their transition of, of, um, of industry. And it's like, obviously some of it can't be comparable, but I think this is just our first like big transition as, as in the demographic we're in where, yeah, you have AI, you have TikTok, you have these tools that are a little bit scary, but also can be integrated in a beautiful way. And Mm. honestly, 
the my biggest breakthrough on all this right now and that I'm, what I'm trying to do with the band and trying to do with everything creative I touch is really focus and this is a page from like creative direction this is a page from me studying a lot about brand building and and mm. just getting into the idea of what it means to environment build um I think a big part of winning not winning but but um what's another I don't want to say winning a big part of for yourself like for to make your career um satisfying feel fulfilling or, to you yeah, and satisfy filling. your vision is I truly believe like environment building your project properly. I think environment building how people how people feel when they go on your TikTok, how what you express, how you perceive information, how you put it out in the world mm. is integral now. And finding your own lane within that is what's going to bring you, I think, the most um, self success, like that like give you the most joy, but also um hit that authenticity button again for people and that's what we're trying to figure out right now is like how not fully rebrand but how to figure out what what we naturally do that's that's authentic and true and how to how to stretch that into a full environment like what what does our tiktok look and feel like so it's the most genuine so so we're yeah. excited to be on there yeah and we don't have yeah. to be on there that much like be on there when we want to be on there and what we output on there is true genuine stands the test of time doesn't feel like it's a trend like it's just it's just yeah. us it's just another tool for us to express ourselves on like everything else we we have to project into the universe so um and that a lot of that i've been learning from you know studying like different creative directors and studying people that have rebranded campaigns and brands and, mm. and uh environment built full campaigns for 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 brands and how 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 they can just make people fall in love with the 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 authenticity of yourself versus the the kind of the output of just like what your song is or what you've what you what you're trying to do i don't know it's something that i'm just diving into now of like yeah like everything matters how you present things matters and yeah and that's gonna make people jump on the train and stay on it with you is Mm -hmm. is um being a bit more active on how what every what goes out on the internet and how you perceive it because and not saying being honest just like be not being honest but just truly lean into um your authentic self i'm gonna say authentic self so much because that's yeah, something great. i have to keep telling myself is like what do i naturally just like output in the universe that that gravitates people toward me lean into that and um, yeah. and some, for some people it's, it's, it's formulaic, but in, in an honest way, there's a lot yeah. of people that are on TikTok or whatever that are, that have do one thing really well. And I framed it in a way that is really authentic. It works, it's repetitive, but it's, but it keeps people engaged because it's something that they go to them for and it gives them, um, it checks off that kind of environment build thing of like, I like being in the space that you put in the internet and like, it makes me feel good and, and I'm mm. going to follow it. And then, you know, when you can break that up and, and, and your promotion or how you set yourself up, um, when you can break out of there and you can actually environment build in real life. And by that, I mean, people can enter a venue and see you and connect with you and all those other dots connect. I mean, that's, that's called a really great career. And, and, yeah. and, and that's what, um, is the tricky part right now. There's so many people that are like stuck in one room 
of the mm. house that is that is like kind of just putting all their coins into that one kind of lane of like well if i just self-promote for months something must take off and maybe something will and nine times out of ten if you're consistent something will yeah yeah like statistically like something will if you're consistent something will hit mm -hmm. but but we've all learned and we learned that like even having something hit over a million views or or whatever it's like that's such a tiny piece on the grand scheme of your entire career and oh my gosh, it's what you, and, and it's what you do with that and then how you connect it to everything else and and that's what's really important and that's where like the self promotion and the the exhaustion can sometimes kill you because you've spent so much time promoting this thing and 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 putting yourself out there and then you get to it and you're like oh this is what that feels like. Well, what's next? Because now we have a song that's taking off, but but we we got to get people to invest in us as humans now and and mm -hmm. care enough to buy a ticket and care enough to buy a ticket again. And yes. And, yes. Be, and, be, and be involved and yeah. and care about me for 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 more than just like a song they have saved that yeah, they sometimes yeah. go back to, but probably won't go back to. It's just that's a scary thought. So hmm. I think the promotion side, yeah, if you can find a way to be authentic and genuine, then it's not as exhausting and it's just going to uh, give you the, it's going to give your career the vitamins and the strength to like hmm. keep going. Because eventually, yeah, you will have a moment. Something will happen. Something will take off as the industry yeah, 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 says. Yeah. And then and then it's up to you to sustain that. And it's up to you to make that even more beautiful and authentic and grow that into a full community, which that's the struggle, man. Like I, I have friends that, you know, do so well on TikTok, you know, and, but can't sell tickets. Like there's, yeah. or there's people that, you know, are struggling with socials, but they have an incredible fan base. They're going to fill, you know, Danforth music halls for for the rest of their life but you know the social stuff and the promo stuff just exhausted them and they they found another way to to keep their fan base engaged mm -hmm. so i don't know no it's I'm great just keep saying i don't know what i'm i don't know what to <laughs> it's, think. it's really great but i wanted to touch on the next thing and and um you know i, I also don't want to take too much time but we're literally no, just good. just getting into topic one that i had planned so let's go. Um, let's go. <laughs> talking about authenticity and, and childlike self and getting back to it, I wanted to talk briefly about the origin story of yeah. of, of of you, not the band, because I don't want to talk about the double book studio situation. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk. I want <laughs> the to talk. Classic story. Yeah, yeah, the classic story. Um, I want to talk about about yourself and <clears throat> and um, yeah. So it. it could it be possible to give me the lowdown on yeah. um, where you grew up and your creative mm -hmm. upbringing? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, I never get to talk about this. This is very nice. Yeah. Um, it's always in the context of like the four of us. Like no, no, no. You know, yeah. Best friends that got double booked, kind of. Vibe, yeah. Which is <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a kid of. I was gonna say I'm a father. Oh my god. I'm a. <laughs> So I have an older sister, um, family of four. Um, my parents are immigrants. So my parents immigrated uh, from Eastern Europe, from Poland, um, during a pretty uh, interesting political climate. At the mm -hmm. time, this was like late 80s, early 90s, um, maybe a little bit earlier, but they, Poland was kind of preoccupied by by the Russian, like Soviet Union. Ah, yeah. Um, you know, my parents were came from uh big families but you know not a lot of money 
um, we were talking like food stamp vibes and stuff. So they, they just knew they had to get out. Things were getting really bad in Poland, uh, military on the streets, checking in on them. Like my mom had like curfew by, by 8 PM. And, you know, if she missed yeah. curfew, literally like a, like a Russian soldier would, would beat her up and be like, where's your passport? Like it's, there's some yeah. crazy stuff that I've, I've learned about my parents past that is just really affecting me now. And I'm old enough to, to reflect on it. But anyways, they just, been through the ringer already and they were like we need to get out so they found a way to kind of escape um poland and obviously canada just seemed like a, a great place at the time and and you know they were like this feels like uh you know the perfect time to escape and and, and you know chase freedom chase chase something bigger than than what they had in their universe and totally i'm really grateful they did and they came here in the early 90s and um, they brought some of my other family members over and kind of started mm. a new life here. And, um, so they, you know, they were pretty young. They had my sister first in 90 and then they had me in 95 and we, uh, yeah, we grew up just in, outside of Toronto in the suburbs. And I was really grateful for them. Um, as I started to become more of a, 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 a child with thoughts because growing up, you know, as I watched them, you know, they worked two, three jobs sometimes to make things work. We lived yeah. in a tiny little like shitty apartment um, for a long time. And, and eventually, you know, I watched them work their asses off to be able to, you know, buy a house and, and, and really like our, my parents kind of doing their regs to, to, to not riches, but regs to, you know, a better life than they had story. And, um, and through that, they, one thing that I really love about my parents, I have a decently close relationship with them is they always, um, they always implemented and gave me a laneway to, to express myself. And then they were very mm. adamant about, uh, creativity and, and freedom and, and freedom of thought and, um, and just being very open to, to, you know, even as a little kid to like ideas I had and, and, and things I wanted to chase and try and, um, one thing that I'm going to be forever grateful for them for is they, even though they're working two jobs, like my dad would like deliver pizza at night and drive a city bus during the day. Like, you know, even though they were literally like never sleeping and, and working their asses off, they would always find the money to put me in music lessons. They, you know, right. they were always, they would like, I remember my mom and dad cleaning houses on weekends. So because my sister was like, I really want to do horseback riding. And my parents were like, okay, we love that. Like, we want you to sure. explore that. But they, at the time, we didn't know how expensive horseback riding is. So they picked up a weekend job and paid for my sister to ride horses for a year. They were just always going to put us first. And I, I just love them so much for it because they always found the money to, to put me in music lessons. My mom always made sure we were, you know, in music lessons and, and, and picking things up as soon as we had an idea of like, I want to do drama for you, they'd find a way to make it work. work. Mm. They're also very creative and musical. My, my dad um, still found the time to like be in a comedy club when he was younger. Oh yeah. So he would like write comedy skits with his friends and do like little shows um, in this like Polish community hall. And I grew up being around a lot of funny people. And mm -hmm. then I, my mom always sang in church, like she sang in choir. So yeah. I started singing in church really young. I'm not so, religious anymore uh religion's a weird place for me i'm more so agnostic i would say but yeah uh, but she raised me in the church so i i, I learned a lot of chordal and harmony and and and, and I, I was exposed to 
a lot of like harmony and, and harmonics and chord changes and, and complicated like hymns and stuff like yeah, very, yeah, yeah. Really on as a kid which which helped me a lot um but yeah I guess that was kind of my upbringing they, they put That's me great. in a lot of lessons my mom put me in violin and piano and stuff and as we grew up you know she she made a point to to stick with it and um mm. I feel like that that shaped a lot of our life it's having immigrant parents is 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 a such a weird thing when you when you growing up you're kind of there's a sense of shame sometimes for it because your parents are different and they don't speak English and in an English French speaking country and they they drive a shittier car to drop you off at school and there's just a bunch of stuff where you're like oh man like I I feel different than all the other kids but it actually ended up being my superpower because they mm. they gave me they gave me the perspective of like you can have very little and and feel like you have a lot and and that comes from again authenticity loving yourself and and realizing that like you're no different than everyone else that like created all this beauty that you love in the world it's like that steve jobs quote of like every rule invented on planet earth is was invented by someone no smarter than you like like once you realize that like everything you know everything that a human has touched like a child invented essentially like yeah, yeah. like <laughs> everyone was a kid at some point like the the, the Elon Musk at one point was like a, a child with like right. very yeah. primary simple thinking that that yeah. you know took over the world with a lot of things and uh, I don't know I I, I felt like that no, as a great. With my parents they they were they were very like anyone like everything you see in the world Rob is is literally invented by by like someone like you that just grew up and had grand ideas and chased it so um, and they just introduced me a lot of good music my dad obviously it came from Europe with my mom. So they had a lot of like the British invasion. So my dad introduced yeah. me to Brit pop and, you know, Oasis, ELO, um, just like, like bangers and bangers of material, obviously the Beatles and just all that from the European side of things. Yeah. And then, you know, my sister was a little bit older. So in high school, she introduced me to, she had MySpace, So she would introduce me yeah. to like alternative bands, like Death Cab for Cutie and stars and broken social scenes. So right. I just had a lot yeah, going yeah, on great. as a kid going into high school, but that kind of shaped me, I guess. Mm. Yeah. My parents and my sister are, are really important in my musical journey because they, they just like always supported it. They they never mm. doubted me for a second. And I realized how much of a privilege that is even coming from an unprivileged family situation. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest privilege is them believing in me because you, you have people on the opposite side, they grow up with everything. And like, but, yeah. but they, there's nothing here because the, you know, maybe the family has everything to give to this, to this kid, but they, but they don't believe that their, their career choice is, is valid. And like, I just always thought about the other side of the coin. My parents could have had everything, but not believed in me one bit. They might've been like, no, you're becoming, um, you know, a lawyer. Cause we're all lawyers or a doctor, which is right, fine. Right. We need them all, but yeah. But uh, no, it's it's uh yeah. it's beautiful, Robin. I I mean I relate so much to to what you're saying. Yeah, I mean um, we we came up in similar kind of situations. I mean your whole family's French Canadian. It's like yeah. it's it's yeah. I'm sure we share a lot of that similar um, kind yeah. of approach vibes. Yeah, my parents yeah. were super young as well, so yeah, uh, very much similar to the whole. Uh, you know, when I was younger, um, just seeing other people at school. You know, like you know that vibe, like where it's like, oh yeah, like just 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 noticing that they have they have x while yeah we, we may not be there yet you know 
So yeah, especially uh, when you're at that sweet age where you're kind of understanding socially what's happening. But like, yes, yeah, yeah, starting yeah, yeah. to kind of realize like, oh, I think your home life is very different than my home life. Sure, and that's sure, fine. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah, it, it brings yeah. a whole different side of baggage. Totally. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to uh, just sort of zoom past, uh, you know, maybe early teens and stuff. But but maybe it is. We still talk about early teens here. Do you remember the the moment? Maybe not the moment, but the, I'll say moment. Do you remember the moment where you thought it was possible to have a career in music? Yeah. Like, and 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 just in just a well, no, I'll, I'll talk about what Kara said later. But um, do you remember a, a moment? Maybe it's even early on, you know, in your life, but maybe early on in the band's life, um, where you were like, "Okay, this is like actually like real." Like this is like wow. this is like a a, a this this Man. is possible, you know. That's a big question. Yeah. Holy. Um, I feel like there's two answers because with the band, it's one thing, and then like individually, like knowing that, like, oh, I can pursue something. Yeah. I guess more holistically, like looking at my whole life, I think um, from a very early age, maybe like five, four, five years old, like just knowing, ha knowing, having a lot of moments with my parents where they were like, you're really like, not being um, coddled as a kid or something, but I remember certain car drives with my dad where he would yeah. play me, Tom Petty or something. And then we'd go to chapters and get like, I would buy the Tom Petty biography, which is, I think I have it somewhere here. Like nice. I literally, I remember buying that and driving home, listening to Tom Petty and starting to read this book. And I remember yeah. my dad being like, um, you're like, this is something that I think you, you you really want to do. And and I remember having conversations with my dad early on being like, like the stage is your happy place, Rob. Or like, like, um, you know, I would come home and, and, you know, I heard John Mary say this in an interview and I'm like, this is so kind of true to my teen life where, mm. um, I sucked at school. Like I was skipping school. I hated school. I hated just the way an education system and made me feel and, and I, I like such an outsider. And uh, I remember him saying like school for him would start at three 30 or he'd like get home. Yes. Yeah. 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 He'd yeah. Just lock himself in his room. Mm. And I had a very similar experience. Like my parents were so great about like, I would skip like three days of school in a row and they would be like, what were you doing? And I'd be like, I just wanted to stay home and play on the piano or like, get ready for my violin exam. Like I was just obsessed with that way yeah. more than, than going to school. And sure. they definitely struggled raising me for a long time about that. But they, uh, there were a lot of earlier moments like that, where I just had that kind of like green light from them, which is like, all you can ask for as a kid to be like, Oh, he, like Rob's so lost right now as a student, but he's, but he's finding his, his ground somewhere else. And yeah. Um, so I guess growing up, yeah, there are a few moments like that, but I think, with the band, the big moment, I guess, was like dropping out of college, I would say. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Where I finally, you know, we were in our second year, me, like Mickey and Alex all went to college together. And um, there's a point where we started just putting music up on SoundCloud and Spotify for fun, where it started to do things. And, mm. and at that point, we were like, oh, okay, this, you know, we're now, we're now, leaving college classes to go have meetings with with labels or we're, we're now leaving classes to go play shows because 500 people are going to show up in guelph tonight like right like it's like it started to work 
So the, the, yeah. there was that second year of college about to start where I was, and when we ended up dropping out and, mm. you know, there was tours starting to be planned. That was, that was the moment where I was like, okay, practically like this is, we're now landing in the first step on the ladder of, of a really hopefully beautiful and like fruitful career. And, mm-hmm. um, I think, yeah. And there's smaller moments as we lead up. I had a band in high school that I just like yes. started for fun and yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that ended up like taking off by fluke and that was a big moment for me when it was me and Alex just recording me and my friends in high school and we had zero idea what we were doing this was the most pure form of artistic expression I think uh, I've ever done because like high school is just that sweet time where you're angsty you're you're hormonal you you just don't care you don't give a yeah yeah yeah. and we were just making songs in like Alex's wine cellar. Like, like he had a little, like his parents had like a little shitty wine cellar that we would just like set up a studio in a booth and, and just make stuff. And um, there was a moment like we, we put that online and it like did a thing. Like my high school band, like had yes. like stupid streams and like stuff happening on Spotify by fluke. Mm-hmm. And like people were actually resonating with, and we were, we were starting to kind of play shows around town. And just like, there's also that moment in time where I was like, man, more people are connecting to this than just like my friends and parents. And right. that was another big moment, but those are all kind of like more not analytical, but those are, those are kind of like check mark moments that remind you. But I would say the big moments that really reminded me is when I just sat in my room and, and made songs and they made me feel something. And, and that's when I was like, okay, like yeah, I, I can, I can express myself in a way that that makes me feel a certain way. And, and if I feel that way, I think others will too. And, um yeah i don't know it's hard it's hard to always pinpoint a moment obviously yeah dropping out of college signing a record deal high school band like doing something online like that's all special yeah yeah, that's um, that's great but the true moments i think are just um are the ones you have with yourself where like you've Mm. you've you've, you can feel your inner child being like yes you you found me now now keep keep me keep me close and and keep going because it's working so i don't know it's always uh, it's always scary to look back on that stuff too, because as you get older, you're like, man, sometimes those are weird but beautiful times, you know. Like, yeah. what were you like in high school? Were you very like musical? Like, were you have you already started your journey early on? Or yeah, I started playing. Did you have in a bar- moment. Yeah, well, I'm. I started playing in bars when I was 13. Wow. Um, because so they're like sneaking you in the back. Literally, <laughs> literally, yeah. Setting up, um, setting up wow. drums in the afternoon then leaving um and then sneaking in not necessarily sneaking in but because i would be technically working um yeah you could I, be in the room i could be in the room but you know there 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 are many nights where um you know my my parents took down my drum kit you know what i'm saying it's like and i was like waiting in the car cuz i couldn't be in the bar um, yeah while when i was not like on stage kind of thing um, so I started very early on and my, my dad's an artist as well. So that sort of shaped me. So 13, what does your dad do? uh, he's a singer songwriter. Wow. Um, not, wow. you know, not, not as he, he is, he is an urban planner. Um, cool. but, you know, it, my whole life, he's been in, an, an artist and, um, Oh, that's such a cool environment to grow up in. Urban yeah. planning is so artistic. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's yes. literally environment building. Urban planning yeah, is literally, yeah, literally literally building environments that people will exist in yeah um and making it work that's so cool Mm -hmm. and and just both them being entrepreneurs as well and in in many ways um you know it's sort of 
did did that for me and, and early on being at like music conferences and like music business conferences and doing that and then going to like having wow. bands in high school playing like being a session drummer like being in studios at like 14 like that wow. whole thing was was a whole thing and then yeah live music for a long time more live music than studio throughout my life for sure and then uh, and then deciding to not go to McGill uh, or not go to Humber uh, for 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 drums, but m- m- going to music business school. Wow, basically. Wow, is- we have such a similar career lineage. Everyone has yeah. like those <laughs> drop off points. Like, um, like your diving off the the highest diving board was like your McGill decision, and like everyone yeah. has that like final diving board decision where it's like, I just got to jump and see what happens, and yeah. then it happens and. And I think a lot of those earlier jumps are are due to, you know, being in the right environment with family and parents that support. And that's so cool. Yeah. I, 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 um, I can only imagine like having two amazing resources around you that can, yeah. uh, that can really like held, hold your hand a little bit. That's, that's super special. Um, no, your parents uh, sound awesome. Yeah, no, they're great. And honestly, for the, for the people who were listening, um, you know, I had my mom on, on the podcast a few weeks I've ago. I've yet to listen to that one, but I'm, yeah. I'm scared I'm going to like tear up because I know yeah. how special, <laughs> oh, I know how special your and your mom's relationship is. I know yeah. she's such an important person in your life. So yeah, um, I'll probably cry. Yeah, 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 no, it was, it was a great pod. And, and yes, both my parents are, are so, so, so special to me, but also been so supportive for, for my brother and I as well. So, um, right. But yeah, uh, thanks for asking me the, that that question as well. Um, oh, of course. Shedding a little bit on my end. Um, yeah. I want to touch on, uh, I, and I, I want to also be conscious of the time because we've been talking, and Rob, you've, you've, you've been giving us so much uh, information already. I just wanted oh to talk I'm about- I'm talking too much. You can just tell me to shut up. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> but, but, but mostly the body of, 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 this, of this episode um, that I wanted to talk about was- artistry but not necessarily artistry as like you know uh being a member of valley and stuff very much like like kara last week where we talked about you know uh painting and writing mm-hmm. um you know things that wouldn't you know that just typical i don't want to say typical fans but just fans wouldn't think about those aspects of it you know i want to talk mm-hmm. specifically to you about uh storytelling and and mm-hmm. and writing um and you know being being the member being sort of the leading voice of a group you know um mm-hmm. and, and your perspective on that um so yeah i want to talk about writing um yeah. you know when did that start for you you're saying early on as well in the origin story situation um mm-hmm. but when did that start and what is your process there yeah great question thank you for asking that um I, um, my relationship with writing started quite early on. I think in high school was when I really started like writing songs and I understood more of like what song writing meant and, and yeah. learned kind of the rules to then break them. Um, sure. but I don't believe there are rules, but you know, coming up, you kind of do need to learn. Yeah. This is Four formulas this and is, stuff. Yeah. This yeah. is a yeah. verse. This is yeah. what a chorus feels like. So I was very early, like early enough. I just, you pick up on those things cause you love music. And you know, when I was five yeah. listening to Tom Petty or something with my dad or the Beatles or, or ELO, you know, yeah, yeah, when, yeah. The cor- when the chorus came, me and my dad would sing louder and, and know the part more. Like you just right. learn yeah, yeah, how yeah. things make you feel. And from there, I think, 
um, you know, you go through the years of replicating your favorite songs and artists. So I spent a lot of my um, younger years kind of uh, kind of Andy Warholing myself through life. I heard someone refer to that, like like calling it culture culture uh, vulture. Oh yeah, yeah, where it's like you're just you're just you're just trying to implement ideas and things that that influenced you and just uh, there's a big part of learning that's just copying and it's so important um every stage of producing too like when you're learning to be a producer you just you know you you learn by just copying and you recreate and you and then from there you learn your own kind of tricks and stuff so I think a big part of writing, I think, started more like grade eight. I remember le- writing my first few songs on like piano in like grade seven, eight. Yeah. Um, of just like, you know, dumb songs. Like, I would do you remember that first song? Uh, I think <laughs> I do. I remember there's one song in grade seven I, yeah. I called called a uh, bad day. <laughs> I just bad day, yeah. I remember coming home nice. from school and, and 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 I don't remember how it went, but I remember there was a song called bad. Day. Like, I would just write how I was feeling like sure. Eddie, maybe could would probably horrible but um but you know at the time I was into you know I was discovering Coldplay and stuff so I'd sit at the piano yeah. and like what how would Chris Martin write this and sing this and right. um Death Cab for Cutie how would Ben Gibbard write and sing this I was discovering Bon Iver I was I mm. was getting into my like alternative stage of of discovery from my sister because she was showing me so much stuff and yeah right. you just try to copy that and then and, and yeah. see why phonetically what how they're saying things what they're talking about and from there I think I just like built um a vocabulary and a language that feels like my own which is going to change literally monthly like that changes so much I think I have like my own little thread of things that always flows through my lyricism and writing but mm. um it wasn't until I start like we met got double booked and started the band where I learned the power of collaboration and I learned the power of um one plus one equals like three you know and yeah, that's yeah. the beauty that's the beauty of a band and that's that's when my life changed and I met Mike and Kara and we got double booked um I was exposed to a whole new world of like this is what song structure could do um to emphasize a point and this is what how like this is pop music and this is what melody and harmonics and like this is what structure can be at its um most efficient and beautiful level and i just started getting obsessed with the idea of what makes a great song and you know i went from being this like alternative like emo kid to learning about max martin and why yeah why sometimes math is involved in songwriting but not in a not in a sterile way in a way where it there's things that happen that make songs physically connect on a global level because mm. um, of X, Y, and Z. And I just became yeah. obsessed with the whole process of it, the uh, both spectrums from, from Justin Vernon, you know, mumbling his subconscious feelings into a mic through a harmonizer to, to Max Martin writing like the last two decades of pop smashes. I became obsessed with everything. Yeah. And from there I built like my own, toolbox that is now valley with with three other collaborators that are also incredible writers and and geniuses in their own right Mm. um mike Kara, and alex both think so differently but so the same as me um Mm. so yeah i'm I'm a collaboration changed my life like i would suck being alone like in an artist project my whole like uh artistic like career like I, i i need people i feed off humans um and people i learn the most from from people like being around other people mm. i i become a better writer 
um, around people. I do like writing alone. And sometimes the best songs come from, you know, two in the morning, just sitting at the piano and let it come out. But um, on a day-to-day practical level, I think collaboration is so important and finding the right collaborators. That's been Mm -hmm. like my biggest breakthrough of of writing lately. Um, I spent a lot of time writing songs alone and just being in a band has helped me, you know, find people that I, that are like an extension of my own thoughts that once you find those people, man, it's like, you literally get dynamite. Um, And a lot of the times, a part of your artist career is finding those people. It takes a long time. Um, You know, it's like the beach is finding Gus Van Gogh and Lowell. That is the perfect um, recipe for the best possible outcome ever, because everything just kind of levels in the perfect place and and it made magic and you see that across every career when when the artist finds the collaborator and and it and it works yeah it's unstoppable like and that's you know we kind of found that with this next record with who we're working with and Mm -hmm. i'm just excited to 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 do that more and I don't know. But in terms of writing style, yeah, I don't know. I'm all over the place. Some days I, I, I like being alone, but a lot of the time I'm big on collaboration. I think working mm-hmm. with people you you look up to and working with people that are better than you and not like better as in like you can quantify a reason, just yeah. people that people that push you and, and that can put you in corners that you're afraid of. You yeah. have to be a little bit afraid to get to the the next song that's going to potentially change your life. You know, I don't know. No, it's great. I- can I ask you what for you throughout your experience and knowledge acquiring yeah. and, 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 you know, all, you're, you're talking to me about, you know, influences, research and stuff. Very general question. What makes a good song? Mm. What makes to, a good to, song? You know, to, to Rob, to Rob Alaska. And, and again, yeah. talking to your toolbox that you're, you're saying as well, you know? Yeah. I think, um, Lately, I think today it changes every day. Like I'm gonna, yeah. like I, I don't have like full values on on that because it it just changes of what what's what I'm feeling in a record cycle or whatever. But I think one thing that's always gonna stand the test of time is melody. I think oh, melody yeah. melody is so integral. Um, firstly, it, it it transcends any language. I think melody can can speak. Uh, Melody is like speaking twice for lyrics. Like it truly, I I love the idea of of language barrier not being a thing in music. And Mm. I think melody just truly will transcend everything. Melody often is the the, the secret to my heart when it comes to songwriting. And then lyrics come just as importantly, but secondary. But I, I do believe lyrics can be, can be anything as long as they mean something to you. And and I'm a very firm believer nowadays that, um, that the more specific, the more real, the better, because Mm. all people want at the end of the day from a song is, is either escapism. And part of escapism is also finding themselves somewhere in that song. Mm. And, and the truth is like the more, you you'll be open with them the more they're going to be open to 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 enjoying enjoying that experience with you and that's something that i've i've had to really learn is is don't write for yourself and like the more you write for yourself my god it's 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 crazy to see 
the parallels that people have with like specific like specifics and 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 um the the dumbest most specific lyric that you'll never think anyone else would relate to like everyone was going to understand because they, they just see themselves in your honesty and yeah. yeah i think melody is king and then lyrics are are very much a close second but lyrics i think there just needs to be less pressure on them like i hate to bring it up again but like noah khan like his lyrics are just like so braced and specific and it's just because like he's taken over the world right now it's there's such a like specific nature to it but it's also so conversational and so real and it's like he just like put a page of his journal mm, in yeah. a song and I, I think that stuff is so so important and often overlooked and um and everyone's gonna have a different opinion on it you know there's so many songs from this past year i love that are all melody based and the lyrics could mean nothing but it doesn't matter you know there's yeah. so many song phoenix songs and daft punk songs that oh I my love, gosh where, yeah where i don't really understand what's happening lyrically but it doesn't matter because the melody is a lyric to me like the the melody alone is is giving me all the escapism i need and I'm always trying to find that line in between. A lot of our favorite artists do that, you know. We share yep. a lot of this the same kind of yeah, play, oh yeah. playlists and yeah. um yeah, I think melody serves production too. A good melody um is only going to uh make the the production painting a lot easier to understand. It's just it all starts there, but I think melody and lyric are are king. Mm -hmm. Um I'm not I don't care about structure as much. Um, that's been proven wrong millions of times. Structure to me doesn't really matter or, or arrangement as much as um, as the feeling being there melodically and, and lyrically. But I guess that's that's the answer today. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. And talking about process, um, a few months ago, I had uh, maybe a month ago, a few months ago, yeah. I think I had Matisse on uh, nice. talking about um, love Matisse. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, loving Matisse, but we had him. Sorry, we had him talking about. Um, the process of writing the last record with mm -hmm. you, you with you guys. I wanted to talk mm -hmm. about sort of writing in a group versus writing yourself. You're also saying that you, you write um, a lot by yourself or recently, recently yeah, you've been writing recently, a lot by yeah. yourself. Um, can you talk about that? The differences there, writing in a group versus writing with yourself um, and, um, and how you see that sort of relationship between the, the two sort of processes. Yeah. Um, I mean, the last record was very collaborative and we made a point yeah. out of that because we wanted to pull a lot of influence and a lot of charm from people that we really love and appreciate. And mm -hmm. um, we really curated the people that came through the house. We got a, for context, we got this like old 1960s A-frame house at the very top of uh, Beachwood Canyon, like right below the Hollywood sign. We were basically like transcended back into the 70s, 60s and just like lived in this beautiful house and 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 just made music all all day yeah. um and we set up three different studios and it was just a period where we knew that it was time we wanted to push into different corners and um group dynamics interesting i mean when you're bringing people in to work on your project or your record there's that understanding there so yeah. the dynamic is quite fun but also sometimes you can feel a little bit bad or that's maybe just my imposter syndrome of like ah oh, everyone's here to like serve my vision and my record but i never right. want to make it feel that way but again if you're working with people that are really close with you and invested in your project invested in your vision then you're only gonna get amazing results and and we did because um because everyone kind of has the north star 
apparent, like it's very apparent in the room. We're all going into this house. We have a bunch of studios set up. It's very free flow. There's no expectations, but we're all working towards this star, this North star of Valley wants to make a, a record that's important and, and, and has all these people's ideas and charm and influence in it. Um, mm. And it's a season that was really important to our band. I think for a lot of artists, that's a season that happens, you know, yeah. I see it all the time. You know, you, you, you see it with Dua Lipa right now to put in a pop space, like, you know, started working with, you know, Ian Kirkpatrick and these like, like you know, real pop producer legends. Mm -hmm. And her season came to switch things up. And, and what did she do? She pivoted complete 180. She said, okay, give me Kevin Parker from Tame Impala. Give me Tobias Jesso Jr. And like, like, let's see what happens. And, and everyone just kind of goes through that own season in their life. And that was our kind of season of like, we have like co-written and done a lot of stuff alone, a lot of stuff together. We've co we've produced everything ourselves. Mm. Let's just like throw a bunch of people we love in a room and let them drive the car a little bit um, while we take the backseat and think about the bigger picture. So right. it's important. I think collaboration, like I said, is essential to, uh, to, uh, longevity i think i truly believe i think mm. if you want to have a fulfilling and long-lasting career i think people are going to make that a possible a lot of the time um there we're humans like we crave that kind of connection and like you're you're always going to build your little army and, and build people that really believe in you and that you can grow with and that record was a big start of that of like realizing okay these are the people we really admire and love and let's build that story so we have those people to rely on sometimes when, yeah, we do feel stuck or we feel confused with the direction of a song. Having those people that know you well and you've spent time with creating a lot that you can call up and be like, hey, I need you to help me jump on this song and figure it out. It feels special, but something doesn't feel right. And mm. and, and oftentimes they're going to enter that room with a fresh perspective and then help you get to the finish line. And that's really important, I think, in in, in this state of, of creativity and yeah, that's someone like Matthijs. You know, Matthijs is someone that we've known since college, and um, he has such a like clear thinking brain mm. that he can come into our project sometimes and just be like, "Oh, I like I see I see where you're trying to do here," and and we can you know it's maybe changing one word or one melody, but just having people like that that you genuinely trust that you know you can call up and be like, "Hey, yeah. what's wrong here? Like we're too zoomed in. Can you help us? Like, can you hold our hand a little bit to, to get to where we're looking at going? And I don't know, that whole process is really, really, I'm thankful for it. This yeah. next record we're doing is very opposite. It's very, uh, like, yeah, I was going to ask one, yeah. you know, it's just us and maybe one other person. And, and it's like, we're, we're sheltered in the mountains and we're just making this thing and whatever comes out of it is what comes out of it. And that's, yeah. and that's a moment in time we're capturing. So again, we're in that era of our band. It's just an opposite thing and you're always going to try you know, you're always going to push the envelope in those ways and yeah and, and experiment right. but i think yeah collaboration's so key lost translation was a big part of that was the people that took us to the finish line with mm. us you know that we took to the finish line with us without them i don't think it would have been as a cohesive and special record because um we were at a point where we needed people to like believe in us again we needed people to be like hey this is still great like don't 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 botch the whole thing. Like, right. let us come help you take it because it's special mm. and, and we want to get it to the finish line with you. So, yeah, it's great. Um, want to jump ahead a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to ask just generally, are you interested in other mediums of art? 
Yeah, more so recently. I've, as a kid, I never was like, I spent so much time on music. I never got obsessed with like drawing or painting or any, like I didn't pick anything up until a lot later in my life. But yeah, right now I'm really interested. I mean, I'm very lucky to be dating a partner that's a creative director and a extremely creative visual multimedia person. And yeah, I'm very lucky to be surrounded by by Becca where she can she pushes me to 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 get into different things and and study things and read things and um just kind of pushes my 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 imagination a little bit because being so engulfed in music and production only a lot of those worlds bleed over but you also get the side of those worlds that you don't necessarily want to be a part of like you know working in music yes i have to deal with creativity and visuals and stuff and we're a very creative band but you're also dealing with budgets and like the more practical side of the creativity world which um, yeah. I've just been exposed to so much that I forget there's a whole other discovery side and a side that you just do for yourself that like just educates you and, and, and keeps you and your imagination, you know, fresh and healthy and, and stimulated. And, um, yeah, lately I've honestly been really fascinated by creative direction. I learn a lot from Becca. I'm, I'm really, like I said, into like environment building. I like doing a lot of like brand studies. I do a lot of reading on, um, brands that I love that are doing something, um, unique and special and I'm always just fascinated by why it's working um, why like why does the brand go beyond the product it's like what the lifestyle and the environment and the feeling that something brings yeah. so I'm really just fascinated with that whole side of like creative direction in like a brand space and in fashion yeah. um, shout out this guy named Nate Brown who I follow on TikTok he's amazing everyone should go follow him he breaks down uh, he breaks down like a lot of company creative campaigns, um, everything from like Channel Monster in Korea that's doing a lot of cool like brand space building to Apple to teenage engineering to a lot of Swedish oh, yeah. stuff that I'm like very fascinated by. Just, yeah, I, I love that whole world and it's something I want to get into more in the future. And I do a lot of it with the band. This next record, I'm going to be a lot more involved in that kind of world building around our album and um, and the visuals and just like building everything kind of ground up and how it's presented. Um, it's but yeah, I, I love reading up about that kind of stuff. I, I'm very uh, just fascinated by people like Pharrell, you know, and just people that yeah. just like have built music careers, but in, but so much more than that, they built an entire yeah. environment that their music exists in. people like Tyler, the creator too, you know, like yeah, yeah. just people that have really like the music is like the heartbeat of like a whole other bigger picture of their career. Mm -hmm. I really look up to people like that, that just like, you know, again, world build, they, they really create something much more than just the music. Um, hmm. and, you know, people like Frank Ocean, you know, these are people that just like changed our generation um, from a not musical side, as well as a visual side, like yeah. not only from musical, side, but yeah, that's a big part. Yeah, that's great. How has broadening your perspectives in that sense and not necessarily only looking at music, but looking at, you know, like you're saying, brand storytelling, uh, environment yeah. creation how has that influenced your day-to-day uh, -day creative process and honestly your life so much um i care I, I mean i've always cared but now i have the confidence in my ideas to like even this next record to really i don't know, just i have more of an idea of what i want and what i what i see in the world with with the rest of the band like we we're so much more confidently creative i think we used to yeah. always be like ashamed of like oh 
that era of our band like feels tacky now and this doesn't feel good but now we're i think a bit more aware of what we want and how we want to express ourselves and mm. it's given me a lot of confidence to you know i'm literally going to a label meeting after this to pitch like a whole new brand bible and creative deck for the new album and right. i've spent hours breaking down you know visuals photo like building out the whole world down to fonts and how we yeah, yeah, want yeah. everything presented like i'm obsessed with that side of the band and there's always like one or two people it's usually me and Kara that just like carry that and and really bring the world together visually and um yeah it's changed a lot about my day-to-day -day. i think about things um constantly i'm i'm always like hyper fixated and aware of uh of anything like that i yeah. see touch smell like it's 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 kind of annoying at the same time because you always want to be present in what you're doing but my mind's kind of running all over the place especially um you know living with someone like becca that just like is always thinking about the bigger picture of things she's very creative and can always you know just going on walks with her even is so fun because we'll go on a walk to walk cooper and you know, we'll just talk about like ideas we have and like concepts we came up with that day that, you know, we're just going to put in the fridge that might come out in a year from now, or just like ideas yeah. to you know, like, we're just very obsessed with, uh, with visualizing the world around us. And we're big thinkers and we, we just like to talk about, you know, future projects and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm very grateful just to be surrounded by people and that like, um, breathe the same type of creativity that I want to put in the world. And it's it's fun. It becomes a bit obsessive. I, I it's uh, sometimes I funny. <laughs> like, do you ever hang out with friends that aren't like in your, your industry? And oh like, man, what are you on about? Like, I work at a <laughs> bank and it's awesome. Like, oh, uh, which yeah. is fun. Yeah, but you're just oh, like man. way too obsessed with your own career. But. Whenever, <laughs> whenever I go to is Sudbury specifically, where I'm from, it's uh, it's, right. it's a different it's a different world. You know, we we talk about. Uh, the outdoor rink and uh, oh going, going to camp. Which you like... need that though. It's nice. Yeah, to go no, back I and love like, that too. This yeah. is my shutdown period, and yeah, I'm the yeah. same way when I go home. It's like I don't yeah. want to talk about anything we're doing. But yeah. sometimes um, you need that. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to move on to sort of uh, being a band, asking a few questions about um, about sort of where you're at, and and honestly, to compare to what to what Caro was saying last week. Mm -hmm. Um, I also want to be considerate of your time as well. Um, and, and um i guess the first thing is um how is being in a band uh, different now now in 2024 from where from when you started yeah um there's oddly a lot of differences in none i think a big yeah. thing is um you are in much more control of your destiny than you ever have um, when we talked about that earlier, like there's so you like, not that the, we never had less control. We've always, we're very grateful to work with a team and a label that just like has always been like, oh, you're making, I'm okay, go make the album thing. And then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll put it out and we'll, we'll like, they've always been very grateful and trusting in us. Right. But in general, I think being a band, I think there's, there's a lot, you're in a lot more control of just genuine path and options. And there's a lot out there um i think still being in a band nowadays is still a very special thing um i think there's a lot of bands out there but not enough i would mm. oddly say and yeah and as we see how the music industry is shifting a little bit um you know bands don't break as often in my opinion as they used to like oh I agree. every year there is that one band that kind of comes on the scene and takes over i still feel like there is that but 
we're kind of in a season where there's a lot of just like bands that we loved growing up becoming like more legacy acts. And like, there's a lot of like yeah. nostalgic moments happening with bands, but, but bands breaking through, it's like, like it's not right now as sweet as I think it used to be when it was like 2010 to 2016, when you had like so many indie, like alternative acts, just like, like bands were just everywhere mm. and not saying that they're not everywhere now. There's a lot of bands out there, but it's just a bit, uh, different navigation i feel like there's a lot of bands out there but they they're much more in control of their piece of the puzzle and they have their fan base and their community and that's like that's enough to fulfill their entire career and and i think it's really beautiful like there's so many bands out there that are you know not the biggest bands in the world but they're selling out thousand caps around the world and they will to the day they die because they have an engaged fan base they have a really beautiful piece of their puzzle figured out and it's consistent and they run their own um distribution they run everything and they it's self-contained and and it's forever going to be fruitful if they just keep if they just don't stop yeah um, so there's a lot of that freedom i think you could be independent right now as a band you can really grow your career the way you want it to and you don't really need a lot of support as long as the music is genuine and authentic and it connects like there's a lot of answers already in that, but yeah, um, for us, it's like not much has changed in the sense of like, we make music, we tour it, we go back and make more music. Like that formula has never changed and it works for us. Um, but yeah, like we talked about, there's just a bit more roles added to the, to the, to the car. Like we're not just driving all the time. We have to um, present the car. We have to do yes. a lot of, we have to do a lot of extra um just like roles to make sure we sustain it and mm. uh you know financially we can make things work and and touring obviously costs so much money now um you know even going to asia like will cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars like it's like like doing anything now is very 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 costly yeah especially at our level of a band where it's like we're not the biggest band in the world yet we're not the smallest band either it's like we're in that sweet spot of like it's just a lot of, there's a lot of work to put into building it properly, but it's also, yeah. we have all the control in the world in the sense of like, we, we can kind of do whatever, yeah, want, yeah, yeah. But, but, but it all falls on us at the same time. Um, we just have like a label and team to, to help support it, but it's like, it all comes down to us, which was, wasn't a thing back, like back in the day, like when bands were coming up, even in, a, in high school for us, like, you know there's a lot more of like, you signed a deal with a label, this is what you're doing, this is how it's going to work. And, you know, if it doesn't work, we're shelving you and it's done. It's like, yeah, I, we haven't experienced that as much. It's just, you know, every every decision is, 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 a, is a risk and we have to kind of navigate how much control we have in the sense of like what we put out in the world and, and how it affects everything. But, um, but yeah, but it kind of feels the same to me at the same time in terms of dynamic and how we operate hasn't changed. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, there's just more, there's a bigger to-do list around mm -hmm. anything but, um, yeah. that we have to, we have to wear a lot of different hats, a lot more mm -hmm. hats. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I want to wrap it up um, with a, mm. the general question again. Um, what are you looking forward to right now? Ooh, I'm looking forward to making another album. Honestly, I'm looking forward to like really expressing um, 
musically and production wise, like a lot of stuff that I've been waiting to, 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 to unleash. And I think that's just been me being a little bit shy and scared to like take bigger leaps of faith with myself lately. Mm. Um, I've obviously achieved a lot in the past few years with the band that I'm so grateful for. And we've, we've checked off a lot of dreams already, Yeah, but the new set of dreams is just kind of much more self-fulfillment, like not doing it for anything, no expectation, but just pushing myself as a producer, pushing myself as a writer, um, really gluing together the band in a way that, that gives us like a very honest form of, of expression on this next record, which is happening already. And, 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 and just really focus on, like I said at the beginning, just like authenticity and truth and honesty and, and care about inception way more than expectation. Just care about like what's coming out and why, why are you doing this still? Because that's all that really matters at, at this stage in the game. When you have achieved some things that you're really, you know, you were hoping for as a kid, like they, some of them already happened and I'm so grateful, but there's so much more, but that's going to get cloudy and noisy if I don't learn to tame it. And I'm learning to just tame expectations. I think sometimes I enter record cycles, like a new cycle, like right now, very like, these are the goals. I really want to achieve all this. How do we do it? But now I'm like, I don't know if anything's going to happen. I just want to do this because I'm grateful that I get to wake up and still do it as like a day job. Like, like it's my job to make music, which is just in itself a crazy concept. So I'm looking forward to just, yeah, making a record. I'm looking forward to the live environment and how that's going to change shows. You feel a little different nowadays, but in a cool way. And I'm very just interested in how the live environment's going to change too, especially with what you guys do. Like even looking at like the sphere in Vegas, like we're in a time where like things are like the live environments being pushed and tested in different ways that you two, you know, uh, installment at the sphere is like one example of like, immersive show like who knows what the next 10 years of live is going to look like but that's exciting to me i think again back to environment building i think shows are going to be much more um like literally urban planned and environment built like their shows are going to be way more immersive in the next few years you're going to be seeing a lot more tours with uh you know uh dolby atmos like systems like i feel like we're going to be like from an audio level things are already getting crazy visuals um I just I'm I'm excited to see like what the live environment's gonna bring. Yeah. Um for all I know, we're gonna be wearing VR goggles at Scotiabank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. hopefully not. I don't know. That might be cool. There might be a mm-hmm. cool way of, of doing it, but I, I'm just excited to see where the world goes with that because we're such a big live band. We love playing shows and touring. So yeah, how we're gonna push the envelope there and how the world's gonna react to it. And those are probably the two most exciting things. I think making a record right now and just seeing how the live environment's going to change. Cause yeah, like I, like we started just the live show is so important for both of us, like what we do. And yeah. I think, um, I think there's just so much beauty and growth there. That's going to blow our minds in the next like five years. Like it's going to be nuts. Hey everybody. Welcome back to the, uh, Columbus podcast. It is the 53rd episode with Rob Blaska. Um, having a great conversation and just wrapping up the, uh, the pod with the producers game for those who haven't, uh, you know, checked out the podcast or don't know what the producer's game is, I basically ask the guest um, about their dream album. I give them categories and uh, we basically talk about um, these categories and, and how they would basically executive produce this record. Um, the categories are artist, producers, band, writers, themes, studio, city, era. And we basically just chat about what they... Who, 
how they would executive produce, as in put that this, this record uh, together, and who who would they basically hire? Um, so Rob, uh, welcome back. Uh, we're talking about the producers game. Um, what do you what do you got for us? I I know just right before we we I pr- we press record again here is um sort of spoke about this and you're saying that it's sort of a lightning round for you. So um, who do you got? Yeah, I tried to go off my gut because I feel like if I overthought this, I would get way too like yeah, yeah, OCD yeah. or sure, I don't know, sure. with that. I would just be like, oh, but what about this person? What about this? But I just kind of went off like kind of, I don't know, heroes of mine and just people that like automatically would come by. Okay, yeah. so artist um, is first. The yeah. artist that I would love to make an album with yeah. it would be Coldplay. Okay. Um specifically because I think they're a band, they're a band also. So I have experience obviously working in a band environment. I would mm. understand that environment. And they're also a band that's kind of stood the test of time. They've just constantly, I think, reinvented themselves and have just been around so long and they're still playing stadiums. Yeah. And you know, everyone has their favorite Coldplay era. But I just think they're they're a band that's very open to change and pushing boundaries with their music, which is a big yes for me. Artists that are like, I don't want to, you know, change my the sound. Like I, I just think they're open to everything. And that's why they've evolved so much every album. So yeah, that's great. I would go Coldplay. There's a lot of like that's a big playground. Yeah, yeah. So producers would be obviously me and Valley. Like us yeah. would be getting in there. That's great. Um I would get George Daniel, obviously. Nice <laughs> for his beautiful brain uh i would throw jack antonoff in there because george and jack have a relationship already and they work nice. really well in the studio i would get fred again because oh, yeah. he is a obviously a dance and uk house garage genius but he also works in the songwriting and pop space he's written so many pop songs that no one even knows about so he's just like he would be a really good person to throw in the mix and then uh two other producers i'd bring in the room from time to time is kid harpoon who is just oh, one yeah. of the most like special producers I think in the game right now. He he's a very he works with a lot of organic instruments. He came up with like Florence the Machine. He did the Harry's style record. Like he's just yeah. a really special. Like he would bring a lot of like organicness to the record. And then yeah. I would also throw in uh, Muramasa, who I'm really into right now. I just think he would like mix things up weirdly. He would just come up with I think left field of ideas but that's great. i think that'd be the crew it would be yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. random but kind of what i'm into right now yeah also off the top of my head the band so i think valley would produce but i don't think the band i don't think we would like play because i don't think we're good enough at our instruments sure. i would put together a band to really help track obviously coldplay would like play right. most of it play yeah but in yeah. terms of like coming in for for different parts and stuff mm. i would get john bellion to come in strictly with his mpc to do NPC <laughs> stuff yeah. to add that like Dilla kind of swing thing that he made his own. I would mm. want his like, I would want his hip hop influence. Um, I would get the Heim sisters to come play yeah. some stuff because they have like a sister synergy that I th- think them and like Coldplay could do something really interesting. Mm. Um, uh, and then I would bring in John Batiste and Kevin Parker as well, just to like come in, yeah. you know, Kevin Parker would bring in some vintage synths and like mess around uh, and John Batiste is just like a genius. I think he could just come in and change like two notes and then leave. <laughs> yeah. But but he would be a great um, kind of overall like band or oh, maybe more band MD, but that would be kind of be the great. band that comes in to help track different parts if Coldplay are too lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
okay, what's next? Writers? Yeah. Writers, I mean, that's obvious. We have some of the best writers in the room, but we'd all just write together. I think me uh, me and Chris Martin, I would want to do some one-on-one writing with him for sure. Just yeah. me and him at a piano. We'd make some magic, but I think most of the writers would still, most of the writing would still come from Chris. Um, yeah. And themes, uh, what I write? Loss, reincarnation, reinvention, hope, change, environment, death. I think that's <laughs> kind of like the vibe yeah, that's that great. I'm currently writing about. But I feel like that's something that Coldplay talks about a lot. It's a lot of like environment, mm. death, change, hope, reincarnation, reinvention. It's a lot of like spiritual type stuff. Yeah. Uh, studio, I would do real world studios, which is Brian Eno's oh, yeah. famous spot. But I would move it to uh, to New York, like Brooklyn. I would want it in Brooklyn, like somewhere maybe around Williamsburg. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it would be dope. Fantastic. Uh, just, I, it feels like a New York City vibe. I would want it to be West Coast or UK. I think New York grittiness a little bit oh yeah and then era i think 2007 2008 <laughs> i'm yeah. feeling like nice. uh, i'm feeling uh like viva la vida era Coldplay, where they were wow, really yeah. like trying to push in different ways and and in terms of creative direction i think i would love to creative direct that with um with i would team up with uh brain dead studios that's just one of my oh, favorite yeah. brands but i think it would be cool to like do something creative with brain dead and then you know bring on um obviously also like maybe bring in brian Eno or something to help too i don't know <laughs> that's but, great uh, yeah so and, then, and, and yeah i don't know <laughs> I, I, I forgot i forgot to mention but we did add creative direction for for rob uh, to, as yeah. to, to add to what we were speaking to throughout this throughout this episode you were you sorry you were honestly now i'm looking it's a lot i i just scatter brain so that's so many cooks in the kitchen but maybe <laughs> it would be it would be like a big super group vibe i think it'd be sick. summer camp vibes yeah yeah um, um Man, that's oh, yeah. that's 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 how we conclude the app. Um, thanks for thanks Love for it. sharing so much. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for accepting the invite. I've been wanting to have Valley on for for such a long time. The oh, original thanks, concept man. was to have, you know, two of you sort of together, uh, kind of thing this live kind of in fun. this room. But I love this yeah. stuff. Uh, I, I like I, the separation. It's yeah, funny to look back. Yeah, the separation is great, and and just like talking specifically about like yourself, you know, and sort of talking about yeah, sort of talking to Rob about rob kind of thing you know so oh thank you um, for giving me the opportunity and i feel so bad with situations like this because i just feel like i just talked about myself so much like no i'd no, rather do a podcast where i ask questions about you because i want to know way more about you than than i want to <laughs> listen to myself talk but thank you for such like great questions and for being such a great host and and such a great friend obviously it's it's so much um more special i think when you, you also have a personal relationship and like mm. you know I'm lucky to call you a friend and you're such a talented um like go-getter dreamer you're 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 mm, very yeah. much a dreamer and a doer and like uh I, I look up to you a lot you're very um and i guess now i know it's like up instilled from your parents but like in, yeah like oh, an yeah. environment where like you dream and you do it like and and i just think it's really inspiring i'm always inspired by by people that you know left a place like Sudbury and, and made it happen, you know, like that, that, that's a special thing. And, um, and I think you wear wow. that on your sleeve really well, like, cause there's so many people in our industry that, that came from very different backgrounds and, and maybe had a leg up here and maybe this, the luck aligned here and maybe this, mm-hmm. and like, you're, you, you're one of those people that just like planted the seed from, and from the very beginning and just like grew 
and are growing your 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 business, your your life, your career, um, solely wow. yourself, which I think is yeah. is something really to be proud of. So, this podcast, you're like the entire eights universe. Like, I think you guys are doing something really compelling and and strong and something needed, like something that not a lot of you're filling a, a spot in the industry that I think not a lot of people knew they needed, especially even locally, like in Toronto, obviously mm-hmm. it's going to expand everywhere and it already is, but even in Toronto, you guys are doing something that like has always been needed and just never, never, you know, there was never a Matt and Nate to kind of be like, Oh, like, why didn't anyone start this yet? And like, I guess we'll <laughs> be the people to do this. And it's special. Wow. I think you guys are awesome. So, well, thanks Rob. Those are those words mean a lot especially coming from from you and you know, i mean it dude you guys are uh, so talented I, I i'm excited to see what else is in store for you guys i think with the move and everything happening it's like a whole new chapter that's exciting so oh man thank you um yeah great uh, again thanks for coming on and uh, and for those listening um thank you for listening check out rob uh, at atlas broker and uh this is valley at this is valley um can i ask about quickly about atlas broker and yeah where that comes from? oh my god such a dumb thing so in <laughs> just out of high school i think and doing like anagram generators are a big thing on the internet yeah so i literally just took my name robert laska and anagrammed it because i hated the name oh, like, what? Rob. so it's just an anagram so if you rearrange the letters it's just my name it's just my letters literally switched around it's so dumb <laughs> Yo. and that but that blows my it. mind. I just kept it. That's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. It's okay. funny. A lot of people do call me Atlas, which is so confusing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of fans <laughs> would be like, oh, like I met Atlas earlier. It's like yeah. <laughs> the alter ego. But yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. Okay, great. That's that's great. <laughs> hey, that blows my mind that Atlas Brokers and Anagram. Uh I didn't know yeah. that. That's uh, that's cool. Um, but anyway, yeah. thank you. Uh thanks thanks for the people listening. Um, yeah. it's been a great app. And um, you know, please you know, keep on, keep on asking your questions, keep on, uh, interacting online and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, thanks Rob again. Oh, I appreciate um, you. Thank you so much. This has been an honor. Great. Thanks guys. Uh, see you next week. Stay safe, everybody. Bye.